Welcome to BreezeLine, where you'll say, ta-ta, T-Mobile. Our home internet is just plain better, more reliable and faster because we put internet first. If there's network congestion, we won't slow your internet down like T-Mobile does to help their cell customers. And right now, you can try out a true internet experience with BreezeLine's reliable and fast fiber-powered home internet. Find your perfect speed with prices starting at $19.99 a month for 24 months. Terms and conditions apply. Go to BreezeLine.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Great Unsolved podcast. I'm your host, Alexis, and this week we're going over the case of Marie Ann Watson, a woman who disappeared on November 21st of 1977 from Gem County, Idaho. If you don't already, follow me on Instagram at Great Unsolved Pod, on Twitter at Great Unsolved. You can search Great Unsolved on Facebook, join our Facebook group, like our Facebook page. And also, I started doing YouTube videos because people have been asking me to where I talk about cases, and the first one was on JonBenet Ramsey. My husband and I also started a podcast called Infinite Intrigue, where we talk about oddities, conspiracies, all that stuff. We've gone over ghosts, the Wendigo, Titanic conspiracies, and we're jumping into ancient aliens. So if that is something that interests you, go check it out. But without further ado, let's get into the case of Marie Ann Watson. Marie was born on December 3rd of 1949. She would be 73 if she were alive today, but she went missing at just 27 years old. She was a white female that stood at 5 foot 7 inches, 110 pounds, brown hair, and blue eyes. When she went missing, she was wearing a blue sheepskin lined jacket, a t-shirt, and jeans. In 1974, just three years before her disappearance, Marie went to jail for drug possession and prostitution. She had a eight-year-old and six-year-old child, both of who were placed into foster care. Dorothy and Mike Rogers took both of these children in, which meant the children moved to Emmett, Idaho. It is kind of unclear, but it seems that Dorothy may have been related to Marie somehow, maybe not immediate family, but it seems that she was related to Marie and the children in some way. When Marie was released, she desperately tried to get custody of her children, and she did have visitation rights, but supposedly Dorothy and Mike Rogers, we don't talk very favorably about in this episode. They are both deceased now, but, you know, supposedly Dorothy and Mike had Marie's children refer to Marie as their aunt which is odd to me. Maybe if they were younger when Marie went to jail and they went into foster care, or maybe if Dorothy and Mike were set to adopt these children, maybe it makes sense saying, oh, that's your aunt, so that they don't get confused. But these kids were eight and six. They know who their mom is. This was their mom. Why are you telling them to refer to their mother as their aunt? The Rogers couple also changed the children's names, 
and stated that they wanted to adopt them, even though the placement of these children in their home was always set to be temporary. So it seems that Dorothy and Mike Rogers were kind of going against what was agreed upon in this case, and that makes things with them very suspicious. A custody battle between the couple and Marie began, which ended up lasting until Marie disappeared in 1977. Dorothy and Mike also cared for five other children who were foster children, I believe. Some of them may have been adopted, but I don't think any of them were biological children. So overall, they had seven children in their care. In 1978, Mike was charged with sexually assaulting his 14-year-old adopted daughter. He pled down to another charge in the case. The couple ended up fleeing when Mike was charged, taking the two children, the six-year-old and eight-year-old, they were probably older by now, but they ended up taking those two children with them when they fled and two other children. Once they were caught, the children were taken into custody and Dorothy and Mike ended up getting divorced. Other foster and adopted children that Dorothy and Mike took care of said there was mental, physical, and sexual abuse in the home. So this is not a one-off charge. This is a charge that was substantiated by many other people, many other children within the home. Five out of seven children in Dorothy and Mike's care later gave accounts of abuse that matched each other, despite them not talking to each other for years after this. One of the two that did not substantiate these still lived with Dorothy at the time. And one is actually a convicted serial killer. Raymond or Ramon, Raymond, they have his name a few different ways. Jay Rogers was 17 years old in 1977 when Marie went missing. He is a convicted serial killer who dismembered his three victims, two in 1993 and one in 1996. It was two women and one man. So that's a little suspicious overall. November 22nd of 1977. Marie and Dorothy went to Oregon to get records from a psychiatrist that Marie's daughter had been going to. They took Dorothy's car instead of Marie's, which I don't think's odd. They were going together, so there's no reason to take more than one car but it's odd when you look at the rest of the pieces. So on their way home, Dorothy said that they accidentally went into a snowbank due to the snowy conditions. However, records show it was not snowing and there was no recent snow or rain. So how'd they go into a snowbank? And well, I guess there could have been snow still, but there were not snowy conditions. It wasn't snowing at the time and there was no recent snow or rain. Dorothy says that at the time they went into the snowbank, quote, a dark-colored run-down black car, end quote, pulled up near them. Kind of redundant, a dark-colored black car, all right, but this car pulled up near them. Dorothy says Marie ran up to the car, got in, and the car left. This was the last time that Marie was seen. Marie's car was found at a local diner containing her paycheck, ID, wallet, and keys, which means she didn't bring anything with her 
when they went to this psychiatrist's office, if that's what was going on, which is kind of odd, said that Marie's purse and maybe some other belongings were found in a car at Dorothy and Mike Rogers' home. She had some belongings found in her car that was at a local diner, and she had her purse and some other belongings in a car at Mike and Dorothy Rogers' home. Marie's parents petitioned and ended up getting custody of her two children. In the petition, they accused the Rogers couple of making Marie disappear. So right off the bat, her family, her parents, believe Mike and Dorothy Rogers caused Marie to disappear, which is saying a lot. Police originally didn't believe Marie was an endangered missing person or in danger at all. Well, this kind of relates back to her charges. She had drug charges. She had prostitution charges. Police are notorious, not all of them, but in a lot of cases we look at, they are notorious for kind of saying, oh, these people are fine. They just went on like a drug binge or something. They'll be back at some point. Or even if they don't say that, they tend not to care as much about cases where the person might have been in sex work, might have been doing drugs, which is obviously awful. That's what happened right away in Marie's case. Police thought that she left voluntarily. In 1996, Marie's case was reopened due to Raymond or Ramon being caught and charged with the three murders that we talked about before. They ended up talking to Marie's daughter at this point when the case was reopened in 1996. And she was not originally questioned. She was six years old at the time, so it kind of makes sense. But also, why would she not be questioned at least to see if she knew anything or if Dorothy and Mike said anything about her mother? Anyway, she was not questioned initially. She was questioned almost 20 years later in 1996. And it was discovered that she believes she saw the Rogers dismember her mother back when her mother disappeared. So she told the police three things. One, she saw Marie, her mother, being carried into the Rogers home by Mike. Another foster child said he remembers Mike carrying her in as well. However, er, Marie's daughter says that she saw her mother being carried in bridal style And the other foster child says he saw Marie being carried in, like, slung over Mike's shoulder. So that is a little bit differing. But the fact that they both believe they saw Mike carrying in Marie, I think, says more than however she was being carried. That's kind of a minute detail within the idea that somebody saw Marie being carried. Number two, Marie's daughter believes she saw Marie in a cabinet in the upstairs storage room that was supposed to be secret. So I believe it stated this was a cabinet with like a secret door in the cabinet. And if you open the secret door, behind it is where Mike supposedly kept his guns. But Marie's daughter found this cabinet, opened the secret door, and says she saw her mother behind that secret door in the fetal position. And she 100% believes that her mother was dead at this point. Then she believes that she was outside, hiding behind the corner of the Rogers' home, watching Dorothy, Mike, Ramon, or Raymond. It's R-A-M-O-N. I don't know. It's one or the other. 
but she believes she watched these three and two other men dismember Marie with an electrical saw. So police thought this was interesting, obviously, but even more interesting is that it relates back to evidence they have. It is stated that Marie was wearing a teal shirt when she went missing, and around the same time, a sawed-off bones wrapped in a teal shirt were found under the Rogers' home. So, Marie's daughter sees them dismembering Marie with a saw, and Marie was wearing a teal shirt when she disappeared, and then sawed bones wrapped in a teal shirt are found under the Rogers' home. Police tested this, but testing was inconclusive. However, those are some pretty good similarities. On Reddit, Marie's daughter stated that bone fragments that belonged to a white female were found under the Rogers home, but they were destroyed in testing. And I believe the testing could not determine DNA in these female bones. It could just determine they belonged to a white female, which once again, ties in pretty well with this case. And then case kind of disappears for another 20 years. And then in 2016, the case was reopened yet again, but Gem County Sheriff's Office would not share the bones or the teal shirt with an investigation that was opened in Emmett, Idaho. Now, we said that the kids moved to Emmett, Idaho when they were in foster care with Dorothy and Mike. So it makes sense that that jurisdiction is kind of starting their own investigation, but Gem County Sheriff would not share the evidence they had, which is absurd to me. If you're somebody in law enforcement, you should want to solve the case, whether your department solves it or another department solves it, doesn't matter. It should be solved. So you should be open to sharing evidence in a case. In around 2019-ish, it is concluded that the murder of Marie, police are pretty firm and they pretty much believe it was in fact a murder at this point. So it's concluded that the murder took place in Ada or Ida County, Idaho, it's A-D-A, County, Idaho, but Gem County has not been cooperating with sending investigation records. So at this point, you kind of just got to think somebody in Gem County is not doing what they're supposed to. Either they know something and they're trying to cover it up, or they want to be the ones to solve this case, which once again is absurd. Just get it solved. Doesn't matter if you solve it or somebody else solves it. Just get the family closure. Mike Rogers did die in 2018, and he was actually supposed to meet with the police a week after his death. So he never got to meet with the police after this case had been reopened. He had told the police that if they found physical evidence, then he would talk. And this is around the point when they found the bones and the teal shirt. So they found physical evidence, So they assumed he would talk, but he died a week before. Dorothy, the foster mother in this case, has dementia now. I believe she might have passed away already also, but she also has dementia if she is still alive. So the police are kind of chalking it up to a loss at this point, even though it might be worth it to at least try and talk to her. So we have two theories in this case. One is that Marie left. Like police originally stated, they said Marie left. She left voluntarily. 
just because they she didn't have a reason but she just left this went completely against her trying to regain custody of her children which she was trying extremely hard to do it said she was a good mother she did go to jail for prostitution and drug use but that doesn't mean she wasn't a good mother and she really wanted to get her kids back i think she was rehabbed at this point and she was trying so hard to get her kids back so why would she leave she left literally everything if you're gonna disappear you want to start a new identity okay leave your purse leave your keys your id that's fine but there's a paycheck in there if you're leaving with nothing you need that money you want to bring as much money with you as possible so it doesn't make much sense as to why she would have left with nothing and also there's never been any sign of her the other theory is murder which is what police believe happened i'm inclined to believe happened and pretty much everyone who looks at the case is inclined to believe that happened dorothy and mike murdered her to keep the children Dorothy's story doesn't add up. She said, oh, we went to go get this. And then like we crashed uh, because of snowy conditions. But there was no snow. There was no rain. It hadn't snowed or rained recently. And this car pulled up and Marie just jumped out and got in it and left. That doesn't make any sense. Why would she do that? This also goes along with Marie's daughter's memory. She, uh, she could have been making this stuff up, but it's very like exact accounts of what happened. So I'm inclined to believe that these are actual memories. Maybe they were repressed for some time. Maybe they weren't. But I think she saw at least part of what she says she saw. I think she probably saw exactly what she says she saw. But she was young at the time. So police don't always take that into as much of the case as they should. Adults can make up stories just as much as children, so why do we negate everything a child says in a case? So Dorothy and Mike either murdered Marie to keep these children or to cover up the abuse. If they had been abusing Marie's two children and Marie got the children back, the children would have probably said something or Marie would have noticed something, or maybe Marie was already noticing something and they didn't want her to tell anyone. So they had to get rid of her. The other theory with murder is that Raymond, once again, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, killed Marie because he was instructed to by Dorothy and Mike or just wanted to. He was 17 years old. 17-year-old guys are pretty big. Generally, they're not fully done growing, but they're pretty close to it. So 17-year-old boy close enough to a grown man to be able to knock down a 110 pound woman. Not that crazy to think he could have killed her at 17. Also, we know he killed and dismembered people later in life. And the bone fragments and Marie's daughter's story could indicate that Marie was dismembered, which goes along with his MO. Police actually believe at the time that Marie's daughter posted her post on Reddit, which was two years ago, I believe, police believed that he was the actual killer of Marie. So maybe Dorothy and Mike had him do it because he kind of seems like one of the golden children here. He's never talked out against Dorothy and Mike when the other five have. So maybe he was kind of the golden child in this situation. And they were like, hey, you got to do this for us. Like, otherwise, 
they're going to take all of you away from us or something manipulative like that. And so he did it. And maybe Dorothy and Mike helped him cover it up. So also, if he was the golden child, maybe he had this tendency to want to kill at 17 and he did it. And then they helped him cover it up because they didn't want to lose him either. Those are the main theories in this case. I'm inclined to believe one of those three did kill Marie. She did not just leave because that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like I said before, but there's no evidence really stating one way or another. And if Jem County, Idaho Sheriff's Office isn't going to share evidence with the other jurisdictions, then, you know. Thank you for going over the case of Marie Ann Watson with me. Once again, if you don't already follow me, follow me on Twitter at Great Unsolved, on Instagram at Great Unsolved Pod. You can search Great Unsolved on Facebook and join the Facebook group and like the Facebook page. I post on all of these quite a bit, and I'm getting better at posting even more. Also, there is a Patreon down below if you want some bonus content, and I started doing true crime YouTube videos. So the first one is out. The second one might be out by now as well. And the first one is on the case of JonBenet Ramsey. So thank you for going over this case with me. Have a great rest of your night and a great rest of your week. Mm -hmm.